I may proclaim to you the word of our God as we read that and as we summarize and confess that in Lord's Day 1 of the Heidelberg Catechism, where we find the following, what is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? First, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance so far. After the sermon, we will sing the hymn that puts the words of our confession to music, hymn 64, the stanzas one and two. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, what is your only comfort in life and death? That's one of the most basic and important questions that you will ever face. In other words, what enables you to endure life and face death unafraid? Is it because you're a good person? Or is it because you read your Bible every day? Is it because you attend church every Sunday and twice? Is it because you give to the poor and to other good Christian causes? Is it because you have not committed any of the big sins in life? Catechism's first question is so striking. And that's because of the word only. If it had asked what comforts you in life and death, that would be a polite but underwhelming question. I am comforted by sleep, by a good book, by soft music, or by yummy food. That settles nicely into my tummy. But when we are asked, what is your only comfort, we're getting at something deeper, richer, more profound. We live in a world where we expect to find comfort in possessions, power, and positions. But the Bible teaches us that our only true comfort comes from the fact that we don't even belong to ourselves. We can endure suffering and disappointment in life and face death without fear of judgment, not because of what we've done or what we own or who we are, but because of what we do not possess, namely our own selves. I am not my own but I belong to Jesus. First question of the catechism shapes our whole existence, really. For the first thing that we need to know as a Christian is that we belong to Jesus and not 
ourselves. And it's such a tremendous and enormous blessing that we can say these words with confidence, the confidence of faith. I have comfort in all the struggles and the battles of my life because God is my refuge, my shield, my protector, my mighty fortress. You and I are involved in an intense struggle, a battle against Satan, against sin, against evil, against heresy, against falsehood. And we in ourselves are so weak that we cannot stand for a moment. That's the way we ended with the Lord's days that spoke about prayer and the necessity for coming to the Lord in prayer. And in this fight, we need to be given courage. We need to be fortified and strengthened because we don't have what it takes to withstand the forces of evil or to resist sin. The strength to fight is found in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ. And I need to be reminded repeatedly that the strength of my life is in the Lord Jesus, who bought me, who paid for my sins. I can live with confidence because I'm not demon-possessed. I'm not owned and operated by the devil, but I have been set free through Christ. And what we confess can be summarized with the words of Philippians 4, verse 13, which we read this afternoon, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's our theme. Now we'll look at two things. I am comforted in this because first, he is my strength in my struggles, and second, I am not alone in my struggles. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am comforted in this because he is my strength in my struggles, and I am not alone in my struggles. What's your only comfort in life and death? With that question, we're asking what is the foundation of your trust and your confidence? What gives you certainty? What gives you solace in life? What's your only real security? Now, the scriptural word for comfort is very rich. Sadly, our modern society has robbed the word of much of its biblical contents. To think of comfort today is to think of comfortable homes, easy chairs, vacations, cuddly blankets, etc. So people are often confused as to the meaning of comfort. What is it? And consequently, they look for comfort and help in all the wrong places. Some people comfort themselves in thinking their problems are at least no worse than those of others, or that the situation will improve over time. Comfort is defined as helping a person in need make the best out of a bad situation. And so if a man or a woman is suddenly taken out of life, then we will try to comfort those left behind by saying, well, at least he or she didn't have to suffer. We comfort ourselves. 
We comfort others by comparison, and then we conclude, well, it could be worse. At least we don't have it as bad as some people in the world do. It's true. We have to keep trials and difficulties in perspective, and we have to see the bigger picture. But this is not the comfort that the Bible gives. For much of what we have just said could just as easily have been spoken by an unbeliever. When all is said and done, such phrases can be shallow and empty. What if you couldn't say, well, at least, or if you were in the worst possible situation, would you have comfort? Or would you be deprived of comfort? And that's why the first question you are asked today is, what is your only comfort in life and death? And why is it stated that way is because true comfort comes from God alone. The Lord alone is the God and Father of all comfort. And that's because He is the Father of all mercies. He's taken pity on us. He has shown us compassion. The scripture, de scripture de describes the Lord as the God of patience and comfort. Romans 15, verse 5. And as the God of all comfort, there is no limitation to the strength that he provides. The Lord comforts us when it is most needed. He does not desert us or forsake us in a time of need. And so even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is there to strengthen us. Indeed, he comforts us in every affliction, to use the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You see, the greatest comfort is that God himself is there in all struggles. He is in charge and he is to receive all the glory. Everything in life is not about me, but it is about him. And it is crucial for us to understand that the comfort we are talking about is the refuge children of God can find in him and have in the Lord Jesus. It is indeed the comfort of Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's the connection in our life to God and to Christ. Now the devil and his cohorts constantly attack us in an attempt to bring to ruin God's work of salvation, to thwart the work of the Messiah. Satan tries to wear us down so that we will compromise and take over worldly and pagan practices. He makes a concerted effort to destroy the work of Christ. Yes, the heat is on. The early Christian church experienced this in the persecution that came the hands of false religion and of this world. And today it is no different. Satan will use every tactic to draw us away from Christ and from that comfort that we can receive in him. And attacks will continue to come from all sides. 
And so our first concern is not so much as to what will happen to our nation or to our place in this nation on the economic or political scene in years to come. But where are we heading spiritually? Daily we are met by many challenges. And our own sinful hearts continue to attack us. We're confronted by the enticements of this world. As as God's covenant children, we stand on the front lines. The testimony of Scripture says it clearly, and experience confirms it. We are in a battle, and not one that is a minor skirmish. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual army in the heavenly places. And we are in dire need of comfort, of a place of refuge and strength, because that's what that word means. Comfort literally means to receive strength, to have a stronghold, protection, a place of refuge, a shield against the enemy. It's to have someone come alongside you for your protection. Well, thank God. We know without a doubt where to find such strength. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is our only comfort in life and death. Or to say it with the words of the popular Christian hymn, in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Yes, people of God, you can go from strength to strength because in Jesus you are well looked after and protected and you can stand in the place where you are. Stand in the place where you work with your feet on the ground. The Bible is filled with examples of how the saints apply this in their life. And since the Lord is the comfort, the dwelling place, the refuge, the strength of his covenant people, David could say in Psalm 3, while he was in the heat of the battle, now I lay me down to sleep. And I thank you for your keep. Watch this night now over me. Teach me more to trust in you. Lord, I am not afraid of ten thousands of people who set themselves against me round about. David knows he is safe because this is the battle of the Lord and deliverance belongs to the Lord. The Lord is the secret of his confidence. Yes, a believer can rest. In fact, must rest 
The Lord says, be still and know that I am God. Don't be upset by the things that happen to you. I am there on the front lines with you and not a hair, even if you have very little of it, is going to fall from your head against my will. Comfort, brothers and sisters, expresses the complete work of God's salvation for us. And nothing is going to stop him from fulfilling his plan. Did he not show that marvelously in the history of redemption? The Lord's willingness to be the strength of his people came to a climax in the sending of his son. He did not shrink back from letting his beloved son be nailed to the cross. He did it in order that he might be victorious over the power of Satan, sin, death, and hell, and in order that you and I might have life and have it abundantly. So our comfort for life and death is this. The Lord comes to the aid of sinners and delivers them. He frees them from the power of the devil. He rescues us from danger. And he keeps you on the right side. He points us to our general Jesus Christ and he says, that's where you belong. Your strength is in him. Philippians 4 verse 13. And to be placed on God's side came with a price, didn't it? Jesus Christ had to shed his blood. Sin alienates us from God. Puts, us a, puts a distance between us and God. But our comfort is Christ paid for all those sins. Sin shut the door of paradise on earth to us. And the result of sin is death. But our comfort is we gain eternal life in Christ. The battle rages on, but in Christ we are already more than conquerors. And belonging to Christ also means having our hands trained for battle. And how does Christ train me? So that I am willing and ready to live for him. Well, he sends the Holy Spirit. The Spirit says, if you are going to serve Christ, if you are going to receive true comfort in life and death, then you need more to do more than just sit there or just stand there. You need to put on your armor. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Put on the armor so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground and have, after you have done everything to stand. And how does the Holy Spirit train you? He uses the Scriptures. He gives you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And He gives the shield of faith. And He has your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. He makes me heartily ready and willing. And where do you receive the strength to fight the good fight of faith? In the assembly of God's people. 
This is where we receive instructions and the strength for the battle. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we learn to promote God's honor and His Lordship in public life. Boys and girls, teenagers, you too need to be committed to the Lord and to fight the good fight of the faith. You're not excluded from God's military exercises as if that's just, well, for adults. You stand on the front lines with your parents and other members of the congregation. And that means that you too need to be passionate about serving Christ. And you need to be busy with your Bible. You need to develop and maintain a time for personal devotions. Why? Because you're in basic training. You see, life is not about all oh, fulfilling all your dreams, but it's about serving Christ, about receiving comfort in life and death, and that means learning to think from a biblical perspective in all areas of life to defend yourselves against the powers and forces that seek to pull you away from the Lord and from your comfort. We're on the front lines, but we're not afraid. Because we are encouraged as soldiers, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have comfort because the victory is sure in Him to whom we belong, in body and soul, both in life and death. Brings us to our second point. Soldiers wear uniforms as a matter of identification. They wear identical uniforms in training as well as in combat so that they begin to think as a team and function as a unit. They wear the same uniforms as the rest of the soldiers in their army so that they can visually identify each other as being on the same side, but also to find strength from the knowledge they do not stand alone. Well, as Congregation of Christ, we wear the same uniform in faith and confession. I can say, I belong to Jesus Christ in body and soul. That's a very personal relationship. But it isn't a private matter. For you and I are tied together. We're bound with those who make the same confession. We confess together our Catholic faith and our Catholic comfort. A soldier learns that he does not and cannot stand alone. I belong being part of the army of Christ, part of the congregation for whom Christ shed his blood. And this is why I must be deeply concerned about my comrades in faith, about the well-being of those who stand beside me, that they too are finding their comfort in life and death in Jesus. And so the army of the Lord is not divided in into little cliques of like-minded people. I do not determine 
Who is on Christ's side? Or with whom I am to be associated? And I am not to pull back and be less involved because something I don't like is bugging me. If we think that way, we're thinking far too human. We are on the same side in Christ's army. And having said that, we do not trust in those who stand with us. Together, we look to the Lord Jesus. Together, we confess Philippians 4, verse 13. Psalm 146 cautions us not to put trust in princes or in a man, however wise. Don't look to your parents or others to protect you. The Lord is your shield and your strength. Do not trust in the church or think, think that strength is in numbers. To seek strength in numbers is a losing proposition. In God's battle, numbers do not count, but faithfulness. Those who put their trust in people will end up being disappointed. We cannot trust in ourselves. We cannot trust in others. And so we need to remind each other again and again of the words of Philippians 4, verse 13. And that's what will make us feel at home with each other as well. If we are to know how all our strength from, comes from Christ, if we are to live and die in the joy of this strength, then we need to know and identify the problem as the scriptures do that by showing us sin and misery, our need for Christ, our need for payment of sin. We need to know our Savior and we need to know the duties that we have serving in Christ's army. First, we must know sin and its miserable results. We must know that. If we continue in sin, our life will be fragmented, broken, and purposeless. To live and die happily, we must also know that Jesus Christ is the only salvation for lost sinners. Our Lord Jesus Christ made the comfort we have in God visible during his earthly ministry. He let it be seen in the many signs and wonders he performed. He healed the lame. He opened the ears of the deaf, the eyes of the blind. He raised people from the grave. And thereby he made known the Lord's power and his willingness to deliver us, not only from sin, but also the consequences of sin. Well, brothers and sisters, those who have Jesus as Lord and Savior have a different perspective on all the suffering of this age, don't they? They have a different focus, a different perspective on the tears that are shed. Many things can happen in our lives, but no one can separate us from Christ or from his love. Yes, belonging to Christ 
we have every reason for gratitude. Death may stare us in the face. The future may not look very promising for many. But he who knows of Christ's power over death is comforted. Death is not stronger than Christ. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can even face the last enemy. Oh, life may be very dark for, for us. But we know of the light of life. Whatever happens in this world or in your own life, it isn't outside of his control or power. It isn't any world power that calls the shots. Christ is our strength. Well, what a comfort that the Lord is the strength of his people wherever they live, be it in the free world or under an oppressive regime. So comforting to know that whatever may happen in the future will be used by the Lord to bring us to the new earth. Indeed, all things, all things work together for my salvation. Everything. Everything is subservient to that goal. Being sick, just as much as enjoying good health. If your lack of good health prevents you from doing what you were able to do before, that too works together for your salvation. The Lord cares and protects all his children. He sustains widows and orphans. No one stands alone. You will, be never, you will never be carried off the front lines in horrible spiritual shape. That won't happen when you lie in your deathbed either. Believers confess, I belong to Jesus Christ in life and death. Brothers and sisters, we are in a war, and Christ calls us to fight the good fight. And by his Holy Spirit, he makes you willing and ready to serve him. The Holy Spirit equips you with the armor of the gospel. You don't fight alone. And so, we now enter a new week of daily work. We enter each new day knowing that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Well, be assured that God's comfort is new every morning as well. Strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Oh, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? But belonging to Jesus Christ having the right man on our side, we can say confidently, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then we can sing with the boldness of faith, a mighty comfort is our God, a bulwark never failing. Amen.